if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world of food. food. First, you can be the most unique house on the street by what you pass out during trick or treat. I know it's your wife's favorite holiday, Kev. So sure she, is. see what she thinks about this. Kraft Heinz is selling gummy candy versions of Kraft mac and cheese, Oscar Mayer hot dogs, and Clausen pickles for your October 31st celebrations. Now, they don't taste like any of that. They just look like those foods, but they taste like candy. Okay. Second, did you hear this could be the new breath mint? Yogurt. Next time you eat garlic, here's your excuse to have Froyo for dessert. There's a 99% reduction in the odor in raw garlic when you eat (laughs) yogurt. And finally, in the world of food, did you hear about the couple who loves Costco so much they visited 200 Costco's worldwide? What? David and Susan say it's their happy place, and they even wrote a book called The Joy of Costco. And they said their Costco hobbies strengthen their marriage. They've been to Costco in Japan. You want to know where the smallest Costco in the world is? Um, smallest Costco in the world. Uh, where? Juneau, Alaska. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's the smallest in the world. Yeah. Did you hear the the one in Sweden? You have to put it together yourself. But <laughs> <laughs> um, there are a lot of delightful differences between men and women that you'll discover uh, when you get married. Then there are some that you just leave you scratching your head, going, "How I don't I don't understand how 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 do women do this? How do they get through life when they do this every time we go on vacation? We're gonna talk about it next." <laughs> So uh, something you discover when you get married is there are some delightful differences between men and women, and there are some that are just really frustrating and will leave you scratching your head at your at your better half. And and Trace and I, we've been married for a long time, uh, and this has happened every time throughout our marriage that we've gone on vacation. Um, I scratch my head and go, why? Why do we have to take all this? And, and what I've noticed is her packing for vacation happens in phases. Like we're going away in a few days. She started packing like two, three days ago. Oh, wow. And what that means is she's gone through and she's she's selecting outfits and she's setting them out like on the dresser. Okay. Like there'll be a pile like here's here's my my I don't know my Friday outfit. Here's my Friday night outfit. Here's and start setting them out. And, and it'll start with, yeah, I think I'm going to be able to get do just carry on. <laughs> and then that progresses to, um, hey, do you think you might be able to put a pair of shoes in your suitcase along with mine so I can still do carry on? Uh, sure. OK. And now it's up to can we check a bag? Uh, by the time it's done, we I will have to have a check bag, too, to accommodate her hair dryer and full size shampoos. <laughs> Oh, that's if you're going to check a bag, then you get to bring your full size hair products. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. Right. But last time we did this. We did check two bags, but all I needed was the small bag. Mm-hmm. But guess who had to wheel the big bag through the airport <laughs> <laughs> to well, the desk? That and, would be me, because Tracy was like, I don't want to push this big bag. In Tracy's defense, look at how awesome and fantastic and gorgeous she looks, and it doesn't just miraculously happen. <laughs> it takes a lot of effort, and women's clothing, and we, we can't just bring one pair of shoes for the whole weekend. It doesn't work that way. Right. You gotta have a different pair of shoes for every outfit. Yeah. So, anyhow, just getting there is half the battle. Once you're married, you realize that just getting all the stuff Mm -hmm. from your house to wherever it is you're going, once you get there and the bags are in the room, then for the guy, that's the moment the vacation starts. Okay. So, I don't know if you've ever used this word to describe yourself, but would you call yourself a peacemaker? Mm. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. 
I don't know about you, but have you ever thought of yourself as a peacemaker? And I'll have to say, honestly, no, I have not thought that through, even though I've been going through the Beatitudes mm-hmm. and it says, blessed are the peacemakers. So that was the the emphasis mm-hmm. in my devotional. And I'm reading about this and I was like, oh, man. I think I'm the opposite. I like to stir up trouble. <laughs> really? Like, sometimes it's intentionally fun. Intentionally or unintentionally? Unintentionally. Or <laughs> it's just fun to like, oh, did you hear? Uh, you yeah. know, a little, and a little water cooler talk, yeah, a little gossiping. A little bit. Maybe not not at work, but within my family, maybe. Um, when you have four sisters, it's hard not to. Did you hear what mom but, said? Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, mom. I always go, hey, mom, have you talked to any of your daughters other than me lately? Like to get the scoop on my other sisters. Well, this is such a, um, when I read this, I was like, I actually prayed the prayer, Lord, please turn me into a peacemaker. Mm. And I think it's going to be a process, but it says that peacemakers lead the way with empathy. Even when we disagree with someone respectfully listening, listening and seeking to understand their perspective is essential for making peace. Mm. You don't hear that very often in our society, do Mm. you? Listening to the other side. Peacemakers lead the way with truth and grace. And anytime Jesus interacted with people, he did that way. And that's how you represent Jesus. And peacemakers lead the way to the feet of Jesus. Apart from him, we can't do anything. Apart from him, we're nothing. Mm. And when we realize our mutual brokenness and our mutual need for Christ, everything can change. <laughs> and I just thought that was so powerful. Mutual brokenness part. Yeah. Because so many times we'll be <sighs> like, oh, Lord, thank you for not making me like that. <laughs> or like them. Yeah. Uh, I have such a long way to go <laughs> in being do. a peacemaker. Taylor, you, you describe yourself. Yeah, you are middle kid, right? Middle I'm in child. the middle of five girls. Yeah. Yep. My daughter, Amber, she's the, the middle of our, our girls. And she's got a lot of middle child tendencies and attributes one of them being she wants peace she tries to be a peacemaker all the time so i was surprised to hear like you're like oh my gosh i got a long way to go so i would think yeah, that would be something a, a middle middle child would do but some encouragement for 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 everybody who's like man i need to grow in that too uh, i just heard this past weekend that if you are not struggling with growing in virtue you're doing something wrong mm. if it was easy you know, we wouldn't need Jesus. We wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. If we could just do yeah. it on our own, then it wouldn't be hard. So mm-hmm. it should be it should be hard. And if it if it isn't, maybe you need to think you might want to try a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kev, you know how uh, for a lot of us in today's world, our nemesis is two-factor authentication. Authentication, yes. We know what you mean. (laughs) Authenticating with two factors. Why can I never say that word? Neither of us can. We're professionals, by the way. Don't try this at home. Two-factor authentication. It was in my head, and now I can't say it. Authentication. There you go. Two-factor authentication. You got it once. Move on. It's our nemesis, and guess what? It's going to get worse. Guess what they're saying we're going to have to do to keep our car from getting stolen? What's that? We're going to have to have two-factor authentication <laughs> authentication on our car. To start your car? <laughs> yes. You're going to have to like have the key and then a code, or have a key and then another thing, or they send you a code just to get in your car, because I guess people can stand outside your garage now with like an iPad yeah. and figure out how to steal, how your, to steal car. your car. How to steal your car? I wow. just, I was today years old when I learned this, and I'm like, no. 
Say it ain't so. I can't keep track of all so this. So traffic stuff. people are then going to be saying instead of uh, factor in more time for a traffic jam, it's going to be factor in more time for your authentication. Yeah. And traffic. Right. <laughs> so football season in full swing, pumpkin spice season in full swing, and so is fall school fundraiser season. Now I just saw they're saying that there are three things that you've got to have for a successful fundraiser. Tell you what they are next. So as a dad of four, I'm the veteran of many a school fundraiser. As a matter of fact, every year we used to like sit there and go like, please, please, please do the just write a check option because mm-hmm. we don't want to sell gift wrap paper. We don't want to sell the you know knickknacks or whatever. Um, so th- I looked up what is it that makes for a success- successful fundraiser. Now, this is from a professional fundraising company. They like love to partner with schools. So some of these might be like, yeah, that sounds great, but we don't want to do, we're not at that level. But they're saying, if you want to take your fundraising to the next level, you must have these three things to really make the cash register ring. Number one, online giving. You got to have the online giving option. If you don't have that, you're already shooting yourself in the foot. Number two, and this has got to be tough, especially for small businesses around schools. Corporate sponsors ever. They're saying every time you do a fundraiser, you should have a corporate sponsor along with it. And man, those play like every pizza place, coffee shop, you know, oil change place that's within a mile of a school. They are getting hit for mm. everything. Right. So uh, corporate, they're saying corporate sponsors, though, and I'm sure the company that posted this are experts in pairing you up with a corporate sponsor, you know, for a fee. And then the last thing, and this one really was weird for me because I can remember as a, as a kid, we had school t-shirts once, like one time we had Westchester owls t-shirts and that was it. It was like a one-off one year thing. I think maybe back then they were way more expensive, but they're saying school merch. You've got to have school merch available all year long. Forget just fundraiser season. You got to have a place online where you can go and buy your school T-shirt, your lanyard, your keychain, your what your ba- your big number one foamy finger. Hmm. All of that stuff. You got to be able to buy. And they it think that'll raise money for the school. Yeah, you upcharge saying, it, and they're saying like that is like a foundational element. You have that available huh. all year long. All wow. year long, you have that available, and that's going to keep the money coming in, no matter if it's fundraising season or not. But I thought those two were uh, the two first ones were pretty good. Online seems like it's a given now. But that means you've got to have somebody involved with the school that can create a website. If you're not going to hire an outside company to do it, you mm-hmm. got to be able to create it on your own. So Makes me gonna... wonder if we could um, use Kevin and Taylor gear and tchotchkes to help some of our favorite charities. Um, I'm, That'd be cool. I'm all for it. I'm 100% for it. But there you go. Online uh, giving, corporate sponsors, and you got to have school merch. So do you know anybody like this? Uh, they get so excited about something, they jump the gun. They jump the gun a little bit with their excitement, and they they go all in before it's really time for that thing. Is this going to be you? <laughs> it sounds familiar. No, but we're going to talk about it next. We want to talk about people who jump the gun, people who get a little over enthused about something and they jump the gun on it. They get they go all in a little too hard, a little too fast. And right when I brought this up, Taylor, you looked at me and giggled. I don't know if I should be insulted. I should be like, yeah, that's right. I'm an enthusiast. Well, it's true. I mean, you've added yourself many times on the show. Okay. All right. Well, like, here- but just the other day you were saying, oh, I came up with this idea and then it was up to Taylor to work out the details. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but those are, that, that's not jumping the gun. Those are our roles. That's what we do. Okay. That's why we're good team, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Here's what I'm talking about specifically. Okay. This time of the year, 
It's like a, we're transitional seasons, right? Depending on what part of the country you live in, it could still be hot, right? So, like, my wife and I were going to Las Vegas later this week. It's going to be almost 100 degrees there. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So, it could still be hot. However, I guarantee you I will see people walking around there with, like, sweaters on. People jump the gun because it's fall, and they're like, ooh, it's fall. I got to start wearing turtlenecks and scarves. I saw a woman the other day coming out of the grocery store. It was like 87 degrees, and she had on a sweater and a scarf. And I was just like, lady, (laughs) I get it. You're excited. Yeah. We all get it. But uh, colder days are coming. But don't jump the gun. Well, they they figure if they can drink their pumpkin spice lattes, they can dress like they're drinking one. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> She's probably running from her car to get into the grocery store just to get into the AC. Oh, oh my gosh, so hot outside. Yeah, you're wearing a turtleneck and a scarf. <laughs> Day 87, right? And it'll also be the time of the year when we transition from your kids wearing a hoodie with the hood up and sweatpants to the first day that it's below freezing, the hood will be down and they'll be wearing shorts and slides. Of course. Right? They've got to, got to go and do that. But I, I'm just wondering, do you have anyone in your life that's like that, that completely jumps the gun on stuff? So you're talking about people that jump the gun. You're referring to the lady at the grocery store wearing a, a sweater and a scarf and boots like uh, the first day of, like it was like what, like right before fall. Fall hadn't even officially started. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I know a couple people jump in the, the gun um, first of all, there's a neighborhood near my community where the people have all of their trick-or-treat decorations up already in September. Yep, they're all up, every single one. Ooh, and then that is jumping the gun I a also bit. have a friend that they've agreed as a family. They're like those people that count down to Christmas every year. They love every single Hallmark movie that comes out. They have decided as a family, because it makes them happy... They are decorating for Christmas come November 1st every year. <laughs> like they they don't care that it's jumping the gun. It makes them happy. They started it during the pandemic and they decided to make it a family tradition. No kidding. So, yeah, that's an enthusiast right that there is, for that, sure. That is a little too enthusiastic, don't you? think? Yeah, I like to wait until right after Thanksgiving usually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This year, you know what, though? I might decorate early because my mom's coming for Thanksgiving. Ooh. I might be a, more of an enthusiast there this year. Taylor, you and your hubby are getting ready to go on a pretty fabulous vacation. And I have a question about you and Glenn and something that you probably do every time you go on vacation. I want to know how long it takes for you to do this. How long will it take you? How many days will you be at the location before you start going on Zillow to see how much it would cost to live there? Oh, we've already done it. Like <laughs> before, like we were joking. We need to check on a condo, like as if. And I keep saying to Glenn over and over, how do you live in another country? And uh-huh. he said, you really can't buy anything because usually you only get like permission to be there like for 90 days at a oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Maybe you buy it and you Airbnb it the rest of the year. Dream a little dream. We <laughs> always, like if we're walking around a little tiny town yeah. and it's one of those real estate places where they have the glass you window, the window, we always oh, yeah. go look. Because yeah, yeah, right. you're in vacation mode. Right. Of course you're going to love the idea of living there when you're in vacation <laughs> mode. Hey, do you have a certain routine every time you take a shower? Coming up, turns out you've been washing your armpits all wrong. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you have a certain routine every time you take a shower? Turns out Pretty much, yeah. you've been washing your armpits all wrong. Uh-oh. According to a hygiene expert who calls herself Madam Sweat on TikTok. <laughs> Good name. Here are some of the mistakes you're making. Number one. 
you're not scrubbing long enough. You should be scrubbing each armpit for 30 seconds. You have underarm hair. You really got to get in there to get rid of yesterday's deodorant. Yeah, she said if you have underarm hair, you really got to get in there. Uh, Second thing, you're using the wrong soap. Instead of some fruity body wash, she says you should really be using antibacterial soap under your armpits. You should really be. And that should remove more of the stink. Get some some Listerine up in there. (laughs) Ow. For us women who shave our armpits. You really want to get that taken care of. You want to hear something funny? (laughs) I I don't use antibacterial soap. I don't I think we're overusing stuff like that. But I do end up washing the pits probably like two or three times just to be sure. Just to be positive. Like I got all the got all the gunk off. Every guy listening has been like, I've been using the same shampoo I use on my head. For my entire body for 30 years. Yeah, is that what guys do? Hasn't done me wrong yet. Yeah, you've never seen that meme? Like, the woman has like 800 different bottles of, oh, this is my... This is my pre-scalp. This is my shampoo. This is my this is my wa- rinse out conditioner. This is my leave-in conditioner. And the guy's got one bottle. Body, toothpaste, covers like everything. One bottle, it does, does it all. Okay, so so Taylor is just uh, trying to be the smartest kid in the class by telling us all we're, we're, we're washing wrong. We're washing our armpits wrong. Well, the well, hygiene expert was. She's not the only one that can smartify you. I can too. So I've got something for you about something that you probably keep in the fridge and you're doing it wrong (laughs) i know my wife and i have been for years i'll tell you about it next okay so i I can't have you guys uh going into work school or whatever and going like yeah i learned something from taylor today without saying you learned something from kevin today that just wouldn't be fair right i can be smart too (laughs) what why why did you laugh at that that's true it's true i can and here i'm gonna i'm gonna Help you guys learn something today that I just I just learned yesterday. We've been doing it wrong with something. Uh, my wife and I have done this for years with something we keep in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, garlic. Not supposed to keep in the fridge. You put your garlic bulbs in the fridge? No, I keep them in the pantry. Yeah, that's you're, you're doing it right Are we right supposed then. to do the same thing with onions? I don't know about onions, but I do know that they're saying garlics, like garlic heads, unpeeled cloves do best like at about 60 degrees and in the dark. Not Sometimes I have garlic start to uh, almost like blossom, you know, like a little thing starts growing out. Well, yeah, they're saying that you the if you put them in cold storage, that's going to happen like almost right away. I haven't seen that, though, in our fridge. At least I haven't noticed it. Maybe it's happened and I haven't noticed it. But yeah, do not keep your garlic in the fridge. I don't know where I guess out on the counter or something. Where, where do you, you said you I keep, keep them in, in the pantry? pantry. Huh. All right. Yeah. So if you've been keeping your garlic in the fridge, you're doing it wrong. I thought you were going to say something like I think tomatoes are supposed to stay out too I just learned that recently Yeah, and some people keep their eggs on the counter well if they're not pasteurized you can Uh, like we get eggs from a friend of ours has a farm uh, and they bring us eggs and you just leave them out because they're they're like right from the chicken. Glad we clarified because mine's from Costco not a farm (laughs) then then you want to keep those in the fridge (laughs) Keep those in the fridge. Oh, here's something else that I learned the other day and kind of made me feel a little dumb for putting these in the fridge occasionally. I'll tell you what that is next. We should we should start a new segment. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> About all this stuff that they say you're doing, you know, Instagrammers, you're doing it wrong. So, so far we found out armpits, garlic, we're doing it wrong. Oh, you said you keep garlic in the pantry. Mm-hmm. How do you, is it is it free range garlic or do you put it in a plastic container or a plastic bag? 
It's free range. Free range, good. They they're saying mm-hmm. air circulation is like if mm-hmm. if you put it in a plastic bag, done. It's going to be mushy and just nasty. So yeah, it can get mold. You're on doing it. it right. You're doing it right with garlic. Uh, here's something. Uh, after someone explained it to me, I was like, wow, I feel kind of dumb. Uh, bananas. When they would start to turn, this was years ago. I would put them in the fridge. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to slow that down. I'll put them in the fridge. Uh, and I I read somewhere where they were like, why would you ever put bananas in the fridge? It's a tropical fruit. It thrives on warm. <laughs> Do not, if you want to turn them brown like that, put them in the fridge. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> that, that kind of makes sense. I was helping my sister in the kitchen right before her daughter's wedding a little bit ago. And I was like, oh, wow, you have three separate bunches of bananas. And she goes, oh, well, they're each in a different process. I'm like, what? She says, if you put bananas next to each other, they'll all ripen each other. So huh. she keeps them in phases. So like when she first buys them, and they're green, they go over here. And then as they start to ripen, they go here. And then when they're really, really ripe and ready to eat, they go way over here. And she mm. keeps three separate. I was like, wow, that is banana Here's technology. Three phases of bananas in my house. Ripe, but I don't feel like having a banana. Overripe, oh, we'll make banana bread out of that. Then the following phase, trash can. <laughs> yeah, we have two in our freezer that have to go in the trash right now. Oh, you don't have to throw away frozen. Why would you throw away frozen bananas? You save those for smoothies. They were so ganky that I don't think you'd want them in a smoothie either. They were like, <laughs> they were like composting <laughs> level. I think that smoothie would have tasted very funkified. Yeah, you still couldn't throw them away. You thought, I'll no, because the they freezer. would funkify your trash and cl- attract fruit flies. So you put them out the night, the trash okay, night. Wait, wait, wait. Then did, you put them in the trash. Did can. you put them in the freezer within the peel? Yeah, because oh, no, we knew you, they're going to go in the trash. You take the peel off, put it in a Ziploc bag in the freezer, but and then put it. These were beyond smoothie level. There's no banana that's ever been Ugh. beyond smoothie level. <laughs> I look at bananas like Jesus looks at souls. It's never beyond saving. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is really wild. Something that we use every single day is having a birthday. It is. Google. Google. Do you, I mean, how many times do we say, oh, let me just go Google that? Uh-huh. Do you uh-huh. want to guess how many years old Google is 20? I know. I, I Let me think. It is, I'm going to say 20, 24 years old. Ooh, you're good. It's 25. How do you 25. know this? Um, because I can remember that someone asked me one time in an interview, what are your favorite websites? When this was when the internets were like really becoming a thing that everyone had. And I said, oh, I found this website. They were new. It was called Google. I said, it's called Google. You can find anything you want to know in the world. Just Google. Just go to Google. I don't even think the phrase Google it Probably was not. a thing yet. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's how I so wild. What kind of interview was it? It was like a radio interview. That's like and People were, were swapping website, websites <laughs> do you normally go to. Do you remember to? which other ones you said? No, because that was the big one. Yeah. That one was the gateway website to all the other ones. <laughs> do you have any collections? You like to collect anything strange? When I was a kid, it was teddy bears. Hmm. Coming up, check out this dentist who has the world's largest collection of. See what you, if you can guess what a dentist would collect next. Do you have any odd or strange collections? Like uh, I don't know, just bizarre things you collect. I used to collect um, matchbooks, which no is kidding. hilarious because I've never smoked a day in my life. But I loved to collect the ones from restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I had a little basket. I had a of them. daughter that would collect card playing cards. Oh, like that's anywhere cool. we went, we would get her a pack of playing cards. We that's still so do cool. it. And she goes, I don't collect these anymore. Oh, <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> you do now. <laughs> well, check this out. A dentist in Alpharetta, Georgia, has the world's largest collection of teeth. Would be easy. So I'm going to say fillings. Ooh, ill, 
Uh, no, it's toothpaste. <laughs> the tubes are from all over the world, and he even has toothpaste that tastes like whiskey and bacon. In fact, Dr. Val Kolpakov has so many tubes, he's in the Guinness Book of World Records. I did not brush with this one, but wasabi toothpaste, you can imagine, might not be for weak people. Wasabi toothpaste. <laughs> Who His, would want their breath to smell like wasabi? I know. His collection is worth $30,000. Wow. And you can uh, wow. see him on display at his practice in Alpharetta, Georgia. He even has one that's shaped like a rocket. And when the toothpaste is gone, you can put fuel in it and light it and it will fly. <laughs> you can watch a YouTube video on him. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. <laughs> I mean, to see these toothpaste tubes from all, all over, over the, the world, world and all throughout history as well. I have a question for you, Taylor, and okay. it's about uh, it's about fashion and style and trends. Oh, no. And I'm wondering, there's a, yeah, there's a new trend, and I'm wondering if you are going to jump on the bandwagon. Okay. Tell you what the trend is in a minute, and see if you're you're going to jump in with both feet or go. Nah, that's not for me. Here's my question for you, Taylor. It's one about a new a new trend. And I'm wondering if you're going to jump on board with but it. But you said it's a fashion trend, right? Fashion trend, right, right. Uh, are, you, are you a you, quick jumper or are you a wait and see person? Kev, how long have we been working together? I don't know. I don't know. Fashion. I've never, I, I once got on the radio and said a, a Hermes was opening <laughs> nearby instead of Hermes. Okay, well, here's my question for you. It has to do with hair. It's a hairstyle. Oh, it's a hairstyle, hmm. and and my wife pointed this out to me the other day. The the host of Big Brother, Julie Chen, went from this long, luxurious black hair to she has a bob now. And then we saw oh. a commercial with a lady, um, famous actress, can't remember her name, uh, Jennifer Garner, and she had a bob. And she, is it um, the traditional like the is it like a lob? Is it a bob? What's and is it longish? It's a bob. It's chin it's, length. Yes. And, oh, no, I'll never go back to that. And I was wondering, will you no. jump on that bandwagon? No, when I had that haircut, I had it for a while. It was my first haircut after the perm days. Yeah. And I was trying to relearn my <laughs> natural hair. And um, finally, I had a stylist say, listen, we have got to get rid of your banker haircut. And one of the problems with me is I always have to have bangs. Okay. So a bob without bangs is very hip, very chic. Uh-huh. You put bangs with that bob, it's not there's, the same. There's Julie Chen. That's a bob, right? Yeah, it's a she has bangs. She looks great. Before and after, that's a, wow. that's a bob. She's beautiful. Okay. By the way, Before I think and after. Julie might listen to our show. Are she's, you serious? She's in LA. Her new book just came out. Um, one of the phrases she uses on Big Brother all the time is, but first... So the book but is first. the book is called hashtag but first <laughs> but first God. Why do you think she listens to the Because the book show? is called But First oh, God. Oh, got it. So she's a person of faith. She looks phenomenal. She might listen to uh, listen to her. If show. I could look like her, I would go for it. But I've got this wispy, fine, thin hair, and so even with the bangs, they blow back in the wrong spot. Just for me walking down the hall, <laughs> like, it's just. <laughs> It's just not good. <laughs> Me and Hare have had a lifelong battle with each other. <laughs> so no Bob for you. No. Just say no to the Bob. No, but I think lots of women rock the Bob. But not you. Not me. <laughs> so your wife Tracy is on it. I put in um I put in Bob haircut into news, Google yeah. News. And sure enough, there's a Vogue article 
uh, that says the executive bob is autumn's most in-demand haircut. No kidding. She's on yeah, it. She knew. She knew. She knew. She knew. I wonder if she'll get a bob. Uh, no, but they oh, said no. that Tracy loves her long curly okay, hair. Okay, yeah, There's no, no, way. no cutting it for her. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that ask any stylish woman, and she'll tell you she has established a uniform to getting dressed each day with a straightforward affair. The executive bob haircut is the beauty equivalent of this approach. It's sleek, minimal, flyaway free, and speaks for itself. <laughs> Understated, but with undeniable impact. Undeniable impact. <laughs> This is a haircut that means business. business. And that must be why <laughs> my <laughs> my stylist, who she came to my house back then and she caught her uh, business card said curl up and D-Y-E. Curl, curl up, up and, and die. die. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's one who said to me, we've got to get rid of this banker haircut you have. Because it huh. is, it's called the executive bob. It's no nonsense. Uh-huh. And they said it's um it's cut with precision and without fuss. And you won't find layers or face framing pieces with this cut, but you'll probably find healthy shine, movement, and a certain level of polish. Hmm. Now, if you were to get that cut, do you think every time you saw a woman with long hair, you'd be like, man, why did I cut my hair? Probably. (laughs) This is the longest I've ever had my hair in my entire life. Really? Even as a little girl? Even as a little girl. Yeah. So so it's going to be a big deal to get me to cut it. No bob for you. Got it. 